0: Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the All of You Whole podcast, hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Go ahead and hit that pause button and then the plus button to subscribe to this show so you get more impactful content each and every week. We would also love it if you would leave a five-star rating and review. This helps people you and I don't even know find the show. And lastly, please share an episode you love with whoever you can. Sharing is caring and that's how we continue to grow. And as always, I am forever grateful for your support. Today on the show, we get to chat with my friend, Blair Horton, all about hormones. Blair is a women's health and hormones specialist, so she brings so much knowledge and information to the conversation today. We're going to talk about what are sex hormones in women. How can they get so, so unbalanced and off? And then what are some things we can do to keep our hormones in check and in balance? She has an applied nutrition degree. She's a nutrition educator, a holistic nutrition consultant, and a natural chef. So she makes beautiful, delicious mocktails on her Instagram page. She has nourishing gluten-free recipes. She's a super fun follow. So be sure to check her out on Instagram and TikTok at holistic rendezvous. And I'm excited to talk about hormones today. So without further ado, let's welcome Blair. Welcome to the show Blair. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Awesome. So first, for anyone who doesn't know you, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today? So my name is Blair. I am a holistic nutrition consultant,
1: a natural chef, and my focus is mostly on women's hormones. It's changed over the years, but as somebody who struggled with perfectionism and really being in my masculine, I found myself really interested in delving more into women's hormones and how to heal my own perfectionism. And that's where it led me. Then the deeper you get into it,
0: the more you're like what in the world? Why weren't we taught any of this? Seriously. No, I'm so excited to talk about female hormones today. And I was thinking this morning like about this conversation coming up and thinking this is the kind of stuff we should be taught in schools. Like The stuff that actually matters, the stuff that you'll need the rest of your life. So yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this today. So we're talking all about female hormones, balancing female hormones. So let's start at the very beginning. What are the female sex hormones that we're talking about here? Yeah. So estrogen is
1: the main female hormone versus testosterone being the main male hormone. There's obviously a lot more going on, but those are the ones that like are the most dominant that we hear the most about we don't need to get too much crazier than that yeah totally
0: and so when we're talking about our hormones getting out of balance right how does that even happen how do we get to a place where our hormones are out of whack where we're feeling maybe some of the negative signs of our hormones being out of whack what are some of the reasons that happens in the first place
1: Oh, so many reasons, but I mentioned this with myself being a bit of a perfectionist and putting a lot of stress. So that's obviously like a huge stressor to want to do everything perfect and want to manipulate everything to be exactly a certain way. That's a lot of stress on somebody. So one of the main reasons is stress. And that can come from medications like birth control, antibiotics. It can come from like stress when you're younger in school. Like I know I had a lot of pressure on myself to take as many AP, IB, honor, and excel in them. It could be from sports, like overdoing it with sports, eating disorders, like so many different things. And I think a lot of women that I know struggle with perfectionism and we live in a world where we can do everything and it's great. We can be moms and we can have a career and we can do it all. But like, how are we supporting ourselves in a way that allows us to do that. And also, is it supportive to think that we can and should do everything? Or can we say, I can do everything, but that doesn't mean I need to, or have to, right. Like I need to support my body and like myself more than my desire to do everything. Sure. Yeah. I just feel in feminism and it's obviously great, like wanting to empower women to be like, you can do whatever you want. It has turned into very much You can have it all and you can do everything, which I think for me personally and a lot of women that I know puts a lot of stress and like Mm. it does feed that perfectionist mindset of, okay, I'm going to do it all. And I can do it all. I can be an athlete and I can own my own business and I can be a CEO and I can do it all. I'm going to have kids one day and this, and and I think that's why you see an epidemic of women that are like overly exhausted and maybe having some hormonal issues.
0: Yeah, sure. And all of those things also can very easily get out of balance and lead to burnout. And when we hear about burnout from like a I'm tired of my job perspective, yes, that's burnout. But also too, you literally burn out things in your body that it takes to keep stress up. So whether that's your minerals or whether that's progesterone, it literally goes through, like you have a higher burn rate of things in your body that it takes to keep up this crazy fast-paced life that we live. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you did mention birth control, and I wanted to talk about this because I know you're super passionate about this too. I was recently working as a health coach with a high schooler who was like, my hormones are all over the place, and so my doctor just wants me to get on birth control because my periods are just all over the place, and she's not even sexually active, literally just wanting to get on birth control to, quote-unquote, balance her hormones. Talk to us about birth control. What... (laughs) I know expression. we're both very passionate about this. So talk to us, but if, hilariously enough, this is something we actually haven't talked about on the show before. So why is birth control not the solution that I feel like you and I grew up? I had so many friends on birth control in high school to quote unquote balance their hormones. So why is it not the solution?
1: Yeah. So it's so funny. I feel like especially online, you'll see people just like losing their minds over this. And I used to talk about it even more on my social media, but now I feel like it's being talked about so much. I don't feel like I need to be quite as loud, but I had a girl who like yelled at me because she was like, what you're doing is so damaging to women. And she was an OBGYN. And I was like, I actually don't think so. And if you as a woman are treating other women this way, I'm so concerned that you're going to be a women's health professional. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. And I, but also that is exactly how I have been treated every time I go to the doctor and yeah. tell them I'm not on birth control. You know, Wait, that's but a, back
0: a, up. Why I'm, does she, know, why like, does she feel home. like it's damaging? I'm very confused. I feel like what she's doing is damaging. So why does she feel oh. like telling? Well, <laughs> I don't know.
1: It was the craziest message I've maybe ever received sure. on Instagram. And it was someone that I knew personally. Yikes. Weird. We didn't know each other well, but sure. we were- Ran in the same circles and people were like, you guys love each other. And I was like, this girl actually
0: hates me so much. Oh, no. But I will say, I think the funny thing about this topic is people who are proponents of birth control actually really feel like this is female empowerment, which is so interesting because I feel like you and I and people in our world feel the opposite. We're like, let's empower women to know their bodies and use that information in a way that's not going to wreck their bodies, right?
1: I had this quote and I totally, oh my gosh, I forget what it was, but it was basically saying like, we say that birth control is this tool for women's empowerment. And if that's how you feel, if it empowers you, then I'm so happy for you to take it. I'm so like, I'm just like pro and firm choice with birth control. So when people feel attacked by the things I say, I'm like, listen, if you want to be on birth control and that works for your body, I'm so happy for you. But I also think that we should be taught both sides of the story so that we can make the best decision for ourselves. Right. There's this quote that's, oh my gosh, it was something like birth control is marketed as like this feminist thing that's like helping women progress when in yeah. reality it's so rooted in the patriarchy and men control yes. women more. Yes. That's where I land. Yeah, Again, same. Everyone is so individual. So, I'll like, if a woman wants to, they're like, I actually do want to control my body and I want to not have babies. And I want to be a CEO and like, I want to focus on something else and like more power to you. And if this helps you, that's great. I want to know more about my body and live more in tune with my body. So that's what's empowering for me. And so I just don't think we can like have this blanket statement around it.
0: We're getting real off track from your (laughs) (laughs) So for someone who doesn't understand why birth control could be potentially harmful, what would you say to someone who like really wants to know?
1: potentially harmful. If you look up like all of the vitamins and minerals that birth control depletes from your body, that's one thing. Obviously you can supplement to mitigate that. So again, I think that's something that doctors should tell us when they prescribe it. You're going to deplete your B vitamins, which are extremely important in managing stress. So you need to take a B vitamin supplement while you're on this. It's going to be depleted. Minerals are going to be depleted. So you need to take way more magnesium than you even normally would be. Those Things are a way that we could like bridge the gap a little bit. But for me, one of the main issues, which you were mentioning originally, is like you have this young woman who has all these hormonal imbalance issues and they're like, just go on birth control. So, assuming this young woman, if she does want to have children in 10, 15 years, but she's been on birth control for 10 or 15 years to manage her hormonal symptoms, but she just assumes that when she gets off, she'll be able to have a child. Well, actually, the whole reason you went on birth control is because you were having all these hormonal imbalances, and the birth control did not heal those issues. It just them away. And so to me, that's like a major concern. We should know that's actually not fixing the issue. It's just hiding the symptoms. And if, and maybe she would still want to make the same decision for herself. You know what, for me right now, I just want to mask these symptoms because I've tried. X, Y, and Z, and I'm in so much pain and I can't focus on my schoolwork and that's where my head needs to be right mm-hmm. now, then that's the decision she can make again with supplementing with B vitamins and being aware of what she's choosing. But what if most people, when I was put on birth control, which was not for hormonal imbalance symptoms and actually caused major issues for me right. once I got off of it, the I actually went on it to prevent pregnancy, but like the doctors don't tell you like, no okay, you need to supplement with other things. Okay. X, you know, they just, they give you zero information. They're mm-hmm. like, if your leg hurts and you think you have a blood clot come in, but if you don't smoke, that'll never happen. And, yeah, and it totally does. Yeah. I'm like, and then I had a friend in college whose like best friend's sister died from birth control and she was like in high school. And I'm like, so that's like actually a real thing that can happen even if you're a healthy right. person. Right. And obviously that's like, a much lower percentage chance, but we're know, not even told though about the side effects, though we're not told about the side effects at all. Mm-hmm. So, many people become like suicidal, depressed, anxious mm-hmm. again. I think a lot of that comes with the depletion of men. Yeah, I agree, and all these other things, along with when we manipulate our hormones. Obviously, yeah, it's gonna change your brain chemistry because you're literally shutting off your brain's connection to your ovaries. That's what birth control does, it doesn't tell your hormones, like, hey we need more estrogen and we need more progesterone. No, it just like turns them off, not mm-hmm. able to heal them. But yeah, I think my biggest thing is, wouldn't you rather get to the root cause of why yeah. your imbalance as soon as it starts yep. rather than in 15 years be like, oh, actually you've had PCOS this whole time. You just didn't know. Oh, on birth control and yeah. actually it's really hard for you to have babies. Oh, and now right. you're five. So like yeah. you better fix that issue really quickly because you have a five-year window where- right. You are gonna have children. That's for me like the most upsetting thing because most women are not told that. They're like, no, this is a great solution. Just take sure. it. Yeah. You, get, you have pimples. You get one pimple every month. Take birth control. You'll right. get rid of it right away. It's okay, great. Even women that I know that didn't have symptoms of like PCOS or, or anything. They didn't have those symptoms, but they went on birth control. And then they come off of it again when they're like 30, 35 to have babies. And then they realize um, oh, I never even had my cycle long enough to realize that I had a hormonal imbalance because right. it totally. takes you know, years and years for our cycles as young women to actually
0: yeah stabilize. like Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I know. If only – like hopefully we have some either like young girls listening to this or moms of teenagers, which we do, listening and thinking about options for their daughters because, yeah, yeah, I just had so many friends go on birth control in high school and college and with no thought of – like no negative thoughts around it at all. This is just what everybody does. This is fine. There's no problem with this. And so I totally agree with you in terms of everybody can do whatever they want to do, but I do think that it's helpful to have all of the information before you make that choice. So that's where the information comes in and where it's so helpful. Okay, so on the positive side, what are some of your favorite strategies and really like lifestyle tips for balancing your hormones and keeping them... In balance,
1: yeah. I think the number one tip, and I'm sure you'll agree with this one, is balanced blood sugar. That's like yeah. the number one, Like eating, making sure you're getting enough protein, enough fats. I think again, this goes back to like perfectionism perfectionism with women and like a lot of body image issues. Like yeah. some of us are trying to shrink ourselves and not yeah. eat, and when right. we do, we're not fueling our bodies enough to make the proper hormones. To yeah have a healthy cycle. And I think that's why so many women end up with like really bad PMS symptoms and different things going on with their periods, really intense anxiety, depression, mood swings, all that is from not properly fueling your body. So that's always like the number one place that I would look is like for sure. Breakfast, and are you getting 20 to 30 grams of protein at breakfast and at yeah. every meal? Because you need that to properly assimilate all of these hormones. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. And then Obviously, we can go so much deeper emotionally, like what exercise Mm -hmm. we're doing and so on, but it's just really becoming more in tune with your body. Again, the stress is like such the main thing. And as somebody who grew up competitively playing soccer, like Mm. I expected myself to perform at the same capacity every single day that I was playing soccer. But in reality, I should have known that like maybe I wasn't going to have as much energy in soccer practice or perform as well during my luteal phase or my menstrual phase. And I think that knowledge now as an adult just gives me yeah. so much grace for myself sure. and activities I'm doing with work, with mm. working out, with my diet, like knowing I need more food during my luteal phase. And that's why for I'm- sure. More hungry, not like, why am I more hungry? I'm going to not eat because I'm not supposed to. It's understand all of these like small nuances. It's so helpful for just like understanding yourself and not being so critical. Yeah. And again, I know I'm more critical of myself as a perfectionist. Yeah. And some people can lean that way, but I feel like that's such a common thread that I see with really with everyone in our. (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah, totally. Yeah, I fully agree with like tons of protein and eating enough because I feel like I will have clients who are like they'll write down what they're eating and then they actually put it in my fitness pal for the first time and it's eleven hundred calories and it's hi. Are you a toddler? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, My more than you. And so under eating is a huge issue. And then it ends up having the opposite effect of what you want anyway. It's like your body thinks you're in the Saharan desert starving. And so it's going to hold on to all of the stores. So yeah, efficiently and sufficiently fueling our bodies is so important for every reason, but especially for balancing hormones. So you touched on exercise. I just want to go into that a little bit because mm-hmm. I feel like exercise can either be detrimental to our bodies and our hormones if we're overexercising or done incorrectly. But it can also be really beneficial for us if done in harmony with our cycle. So, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah.
1: And I've seen so many people like freaking out about cycle syncing workouts recently online. And I'm like, yeah, Don't it you don't need to like freak out. You don't need to freak out. The women's, I actually think this is really cool tidbit before we get to get more into it is the women's national soccer team. Actually, they would track their cycles and they would give the girls different nutrition. And like they would talk about their training and they're competitive professional athletes. So they still do need to perform at a high level, but they would change their diet and their training slightly to at least help with working with their cycle. Wow, Again, They can't necessarily take a week off during <laughs> their yeah. cycle because they're competitive athletes. But I think that's cool that they're at least like acknowledging that at this that's super cool, super high level for sports. But for us, like normal everyday humans, we can be like even more intentional with the way that we're moving our body. So men have a lot of testosterone. Like we talked about testosterone yeah. is great for working out. You have a ton of energy. You're building muscle women during certain times of our cycles. We do have like little bits of testosterone here and there, but when we are working out, when all of our hormones are like at their lowest, like every single one, like we have no testosterone, we have no progesterone. We have no estrogen. It's going to be much more challenging to work out. So that's like in your late luteal phase before you start your period, like most women, when you become in tune, notice like, I'm feeling really tired. I could just hang out and do nothing all day. And once you realize, oh, that's actually good for my body to do that yeah. because actually all of my hormones are super, super low. Yeah. So when I fight against that, I'm actually like, because when we work out, we like spike our cortisol or stress hormones, which isn't always a negative thing that can be positive. Like we need some of these hormones as well, but when all of our hormones are really low and then we do that, we're just creating this loop of overstressing ourselves. For So I just like to be much more cognizant with my workouts and think about what are my hormones doing and like, how do I feel? Because if you have a surge of energy on your menstrual cycle and you like want to go for an hour long walk and that feels good to you, that's great. But should you go on an hour long run? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean, and this is where I see like the pushback online. People are like, you can have PRs when you're on your menstrual cycle, you just need to eat more. And I'm like, yeah, you should eat more. But also if you're not feeling it, if you feel really low energy, then don't do it. And one thing I noticed, oh, this was of course so upsetting to me, but <laughs> I went and hiked Machu Picchu like three years ago. And of course I started my period day one of the hike. No. And for those that don't know, that's like a four day hike. And I was like, of course, now, am I going to cancel my trip because I'm on my period and I don't want to go hike on my period? No, I'm not. But I was very aware. Okay. I'm going to do this. I need to make sure that I'm feeling myself properly. Also, I was curious how it would affect my next menstrual cycle. And I noticed that even during ovulation, I felt like I was more tired than I normally am. And then I had a little bit more PMS symptoms before my period. Yeah. So, Yes, while I was still able to do whatever I wanted to do on my period, I did notice the effect on my hormones the next month. For sure. Even if it doesn't affect you directly in that moment, our hormones, they all cyclical. Yeah. So, like, you may not notice until 28 days later that, oh, why is my PMS so bad this month? What did you do last month? What did you do two months ago? It truly. Yeah, you have to be like super cognizant to even realize how it's affecting you. But that was like one time where mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay, I'm doing this like big hike." The whole time I'm I'm on my period, the full four days that I am bleeding, I will yeah. be every day. I noticed a shift yeah. in the cycle, and then during my next cycle, I was even maybe doing less activity than I normally mm-hmm. would because sure. I was like, "Okay, recover. I'm feeling. I can tell my hormones are out of whack." I'm getting pimples. I feel mm-hmm. more tired. Yeah. And I don't know. Once you realize those hormone fluctuations, yeah. you can respect your body and yeah. respect what's happening. I think it just is so
0: profound and helpful. It's and so helpful. Yeah. And here's the deal. For anyone who hasn't done this before, this all sounds yeah. crazy. I feel like a lot of people are aware, like I cycle monthly, right? That's clearly – something that you're going to notice, or maybe they know they cycle monthly and then halfway through they ovulate. Maybe they're aware of that. But then there are a lot of people who aren't aware of all of the different phases. We've mentioned the luteal phase, right? The follicular phase. I personally use the Stardust app to track my cycle and it actually tracks your cycle with the moon, which I think is super cool. And I can, first of all, it sends me notifications like, you might just want a nap today. And that kind of stuff is helpful for me to just be aware of what's likely happening in my body. And you can use that information. You can pull up your Stardust app, which I can link in the show notes, and you can see what's happening, see where your hormones are. And like you were saying, during the luteal phase, during your cycle, you're most likely want to be doing low intensity exercises. So this morning, I'm like going to start my period any day. I did 30 minutes of yoga it was super energizing. It was like exactly what I needed, but I probably couldn't have done a 30 minute hit workout. I mean, I could have made it happen, but it wouldn't have been in sync with, yeah, it wouldn't have been supportive. It wouldn't have been in sync with where I am. But if you're ovulating, you have all these hormones, all this energy, that's a great time to do high intensity training. And so I feel like what I see with people is an a lack of awareness of your cycle how it affects your energy and then like you're saying with perfectionism it's i'm gonna do crossfit all 30 days of the month like i'm just gonna go high intensity all the time and that's very similar to stress in that you're going to burn through all of your minerals, burn through all of your hormones, you're going to spike your cortisol, and then you're going to have hormone imbalances. And probably like someone messaged me on Instagram yesterday when I posted that we were going to chat, like, how do I lose this weight? I work out, I eat perfectly, I've got all this weight around the middle. And I'm like, yes, we'll talk about it. But also, stop doing CrossFit every day and like your cortisol's <laughs> yeah. out the roof. If I had to guess, I think the lesson here is like, start tracking your cycle, start being aware of how you're feeling and how that can correspond with like the exercise you're doing, how you're eating, and even like the work that you're doing. I know people who will plan launches for their business for ovulation. That's time. Yeah. And I'm like, that's next level. You're at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think it's just a way, it's just strategies for further supporting yourself. Okay. One last question for you about hormones. We had some questions come in through Instagram about perimenopause and menopause. And thank God I am not in this phase yet. I would assume you are not either. But what do you have to say to someone who's, man, I'm feeling crazy during this perimenopause menopause phase. So what does it look like? What does like supporting our bodies and our hormones look like from like a holistic perspective? Yeah. So that is
1: not my expertise either because I'm not there, but basically you are transitioning from a more estrogen dominant being to a more testosterone dominant being. So like the way that you think and work is changing. So I think that's why people feel a little crazy because when our testosterone is higher, like our brains are working a little bit differently. And so I think that's one of the things that people feel so differently. And it is just like, you're adapting to Mm -hmm. a new way of being and like we're talking about like, it's not our emotional and like the way that we communicate changes throughout our cycle too. So Mm. it's not just our nutrition and our exercise, like how we think and like the way that we rationalize and how logical we are does change throughout our cycle, not in a bad way. Yeah. Great way. We can use that for our advantage, but I think it's I think that's why when you go through menopause, it's like such a different thing. You're used to being like more estrogen dominant, maybe more feeling and emotional, like with your decisions, it could be like, I know, for instance, like with my boyfriend, like he wants an Excel spreadsheet of what things look like. And I'm like, it feels right to me. So that's, and I'm a logical person as well, but as I've gone through this journey of trying to be more in touch with like my emotions and my feminine side to get out of, my like perfectionism, I have noticed that like, I like to feel a little more, but I think, but once you are like having more testosterone, it is like a little bit more of that like logical mind. Yeah, And I feel like people sometimes get upset when you talk about like feminine and masculine energy and the terms of testosterone and estrogen, but truly like in our brain are the way that we think does shift. And that doesn't, mean like man or woman it's just like oh, this yeah. switch in hormones so i just want to mention that because i feel yeah. like sometimes i'm like I, that's not how it like has to be yeah of. i do I can- feel like
0: it's helpful like it's yeah it's like a helpful way to consider it for sure yeah. yeah yeah awesome okay so much information in this podcast i'm so excited about it last question for you that i ask everybody so when you're at the end of your life and you're looking back what does a successful life look like to you Ooh, yeah. it's so funny. I feel like it
1: would have been so different like 10 years ago. So yeah. Again, like 10 years ago, it would have been like success and this and that. And because <laughs> I was a perfectionist. Yeah. Now for me, it's definitely much more like joy and ease. Love that. Juicy always comes to mind. Are things like really do things feel pleasurable? Like I like that for me means a good life. Like things are easy and pleasurable. Mm. And- that feels like great to me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You're in your flow, right? When things are joyful and easy. Love it. Thank you so much for being here today, Blair. Thank you. Blair, thank you so much for being on the show today. Listeners, if you want more Blair, be sure to follow her on Instagram and TikTok at Holistic Rendezvous. You can also check out her website, HolisticRendezvous.com. Thanks so much for listening and I will see you next week.